0: And welcome back to another episode of Guidepost in Motion, a podcast highlighting risk, compliance, and security professionals with insights meant to keep you, your business, and operations moving forward. My name is Bradley Dizek, and I am a senior managing director at Guidepost Solutions. Joining our podcast today is Dr. Mary O'Connor. Mary is the co-founder and chief medical officer and chief compliance officer at the healthcare startup VORI Health, which launched earlier this year. Vori Health is an all inclusive medical and healthcare provider practicing a holistic integrated approach, starting with musculoskeletal care. The organization offers full service physical medicine and rehabilitation care in a virtual setting. And today, Mary is here to talk to us about the compliance challenges of starting up a virtual healthcare practice. Mary, thanks for joining us today.
1: Brad, thanks so much for having me.
0: Mary, you have had a distinguished career. Spending 23 years at the Mayo Clinic before joining the Yale School of Medicine for several years, and now you're a co-founder of Vori Health. Before we jump in, please tell us more about your background and what led you to becoming a co-founder of a virtual healthcare startup.
1: Brad, delighted uh, to share with you and and our listeners uh, a bit of my background. So I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I did my uh, training at Mayo Clinic Rochester and then was asked to join the staff at Mayo Clinic Florida. I had numerous leadership positions. I was chair of the orthopedic department, a member of the executive operations team in Florida, but I also had an enterprise uh, level leadership position as the medical director for the office of uh, integrity and compliance. And I learned a lot more about compliance in that role and uh, the importance of it. And basically it helped uh, me shape a philosophy, which is compliance is important. It serves to provide guide rails uh, for an organization, but it's also really important in medicine that we, that we see compliance as a, a way that we want to support our mission. And how do we Align our approach to compliance with our fundamental value of providing care for patients and communities. Uh, And we can get into that a little bit more later. And uh, so after Mayo, I went to Yale uh, to lead the development of an integrated musculoskeletal center and then had the opportunity to co found Vori Health and realized that it was just a very exciting opportunity to take the concept. Uh, of integrated care uh, to a much higher and broader level and really transform the delivery of musculoskeletal care uh, to drive not just a better patient experience and clinical outcomes, but also, of course, lower costs because, I mean, we all understand the challenges uh, that everyone faces with rising healthcare costs.
0: Thanks, Mary, for sharing your background. you know, when we think about Vori Health, you know, we think of a company, even though it's a startup, that's at the forefront of healthcare. Um, you know, Vori is actually very different um, from most other virtual healthcare companies. You know, it has its focus on musculoskeletal issues. Um, you know, when I think of musculoskeletal issues, I think of an orthopedic surgeon. Can you talk a little bit more about what differentiates uh, Vori Health and what problem uh, Vori Health is trying to solve? Thanks, Brad. I'm delighted.
1: Delighted, too. Um, so we are a virtual medical practice that is tech enabled. And we understand that there's a lot of care uh, that currently is delivered uh, in the face to face setting. The, tra- the traditional way people have gone in, they see an orthopedic surgeon or they see a spine surgeon who could be an orthosurgeon or a neurosurgeon, and that's how they get their care. We also know that there's a certain percentage of surgeries uh, that are either inappropriate or unnecessary or potentially could be avoided if there was better non-operative care up front. And we see that as a focus of our mission, right? We want to deliver great non-operative care, driving convenience for patients and value through the virtual setting. And then some patients will still need to see surgeons and we'll refer them to great surgeons. But we see the opportunity to really drive great outcomes for patients with a focus on, let us work on helping you get better without surgery. And you know what? If you need surgery, we get that. We'll get you to a great surgeon. We see our Value as being an interface between that primary care physician and the surgeon to really drive expert, holistic, non operative care with health coaches, uh, non surgeon musculoskeletal physicians, advanced practice providers, physical therapists, of course, and nutritionists, and really looking at the patient from a much more holistic approach. So, we're very excited about what we're doing, and we've had Incredible um, patient experience uh, scores to date.
0: Awesome, and and Mary, we're very excited as well. Uh, you know, to have Vori in the healthcare uh, marketplace. And you know, usually when you think of you know healthcare marketplace uh, startups in particular, you think about lean, mean machines. You think about you know limited resources, limited capital, and you know usually they put that behind the business and compliance is an afterthought and you know history has proven and showed you know, uber being you know probably the prime example that when you focus just on the business and you don't think about compliance you run into problems and while your business is growing you have to become reactive and the CEO um, and the leadership then have to start spending precious time you know solving um, and responding to um, com- crisis to compliance issues um, vori, However, made a different choice. Vori decided to hire Guidepost um, before it even launched. Uh, Vori decided strategically uh, to make a commitment and an investment into an ethics and compliance program uh, to define um, its values and its behaviors, uh, what it wanted to be culturally. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your thinking and um, doing it that way? Why? Did you take precious resources, limited resources, and invest in an ethics and compliance program with Guideposts uh, before you even launched? Brad, the
1: the answer is that compliance should be seen, in my opinion, as as the guide rails, as kind of the framework upon which you're building a great company. And you can either do the work up front, and actually make the work more efficient. Or you can do the work on the back end where, where you're basically having to clean up problems that have occurred because you didn't invest in the beginning. And so I think it's just simpler and easier to, to do the work up front at least the basic work um, of your basic policies and procedures. And it also does help set the right cultural tone and, and ethical tone for the company as to as as to what you believe in and what your values are.
0: That's excellent. And and just to kind of you know go off that, you know, to talk a little bit about you know values and culture. Um, you know, you, the CEO, um, you know, Ryan Grant, who's an absolute visionary, you know, really honed in on the need to establish a culture um, out of the gate. You know, your employees are located you know, across the U.S. I think you even have some in Canada um, and you're a virtual practice. You know, you're not a brick and mortar practice, at least um, out of the gate. Can you talk about a little bit about how you went through the process of defining your values, um, defining um, your culture and who you wanted for it to be? Brad, that's a great question. And I think
1: like most startups, you know, we created our vision and mission statement and we really um, identified that our purpose is to empower humanity to to live its best life. And in order to do that, one needs wellness and health. So we looked at... The values of, of providing care for patients, of transparency, of integrity, of all, all the kind of traditional uh, values that you would imagine a healthcare company would have, we have those. Um, but I think one of the values that we've really emphasized is viewing patients, again, in that much more holistic way, and getting away from um, the traditional medical structure of you know uh, treat it, fix it, treat it, as opposed to finding out what matters to the, to the individual. What are their goals? How do we help them improve their wellness journey? Move them even into a wellness journey if they're not on one. And that requires a much more integrated approach. And the challenge in the traditional system is they haven't approached it that way because nobody pays for that uh, integrated care to happen. But as we see the healthcare system moving towards... um, more of a focus on population health, and we see groups, uh, particularly primary care groups in um, at-risk contracting, um, then those are people that very much understand and see the value of what we're doing, and those are early partners for us.
0: Wonderful. And, you know, thinking in terms of the values and behaviors, you know, working with you, I know that those were captured in a code of ethical conduct. And that code of ethical conduct, I believe, Ivory, um stands as kind of the foundational document um, of who uh, Vori wants to be and, and how Vori trains um, to who it wants to be culturally.
1: Absolutely. I, I'm. I'm not saying anything that you and your, our listeners don't know, that it's always about the people. You know, it's not just the people. It's all about the people. Particularly uh, in a startup, early hires are critical. And, of course, we won't always knock it out of the park. But I spend a lot of time on the clinical side um, recruiting the right people.
0: Excellent. And... You have a very distinguished uh, career in the healthcare industry, uh, particularly in a traditional setting, um, and in that setting, particularly you know, through your work at, at Mayo, um, you've always had to adapt to policies procedures in a very heavily regulated industry, and you ensure your staff is compliant as they go about their day-to-day jobs. Um, with Forey Health being a virtual startup, what was different or unexpected when it came to building a compliance and ethics program and and functionally um, just making sure that you mitigate against the risks of something going wrong? Can you maybe talk about it in in a specific you know, in terms of a, a specific example?
1: So Brad, that's another great question. Um, You know, it's funny because despite a lot of of telehealth that has developed, particularly uh, accelerated by the pandemic, um, I've been surprised as I've gotten down into some of the weeds uh, with some of the challenges uh, that that one can encounter. Um, And I'll give you a great example. So we were working on a policy of well, what happens if one of our uh, clinicians is in a VORI health visit, a virtual visit with the patient, and they have chest pain, or they fall, or they collapse, right? In the traditional medical world, I'm the doctor, the patient's in the office with me, they collapse, I call uh, you know, for the emergency team to come, or I call 911. And you know, people come and respond and the patient is taken to the emergency department to receive the right level of care. Now, in the virtual world, we don't have that, right? We had to create a policy. All right, how are we going to deal with this? Uh, we're going to re- need to reach out to local emergency services. And then that's, that's pretty straightforward. But when you start to go deeper and you realize that 911 is basically a local service that is administered uh, on a county uh, level. Then it becomes a little bit more complex, where we had to work into our policy um, verifying the location of the patient, so that if heaven forbid uh, something were to happen to the patient and we were need t- we would need to call emergency services, we would. We would know where are they so that we can find the right service to call.
0: Mary, I find that absolutely fascinating. And, and you when you add on the fact that your employees are working from home, they're remote, you know, and that they have to make ethical judgment calls, um, you know can you talk a little bit about how they're adhering to the policies um, as well as the law when making those ethical decisions?
1: Brad, it's I, I don't really see a challenge with the ethical decision because it's pretty easy to understand if you think the patient needs help, like in the example that I just that I just gave you. And the ethical decision simply comes down to if that was my loved one, what would I want done? Um, so we want to treat our patients as if they're part of our family. Now there can be other potentially more challenging ethical situations where one might be concerned about, uh, for example, um, did, my, did did someone on the team uh, put the right bill in, right? Is, is something more along the line of fraud and compliance, which are separate issues than patient-facing issues and again that's where having a good policy that says here's how we're going to bill here's our criteria for billing for example um and here are the guide rails helps everyone understand what uh the right approach is
0: fascinating and you know when you think about it these are humans these are people that in some ways you don't know um until you've had a chance to work with them um you you are working in a highly regulated industry. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the exhausted search criteria? Um, you simply can't conduct the basic due diligence on potential hires. You know, what do you think is effective due diligence um, that can potentially save, you know, Vori and other businesses from risk of financial losses and reputational damage?
1: Well, that's of course that—that's the uh, the one billion dollar recruitment question, right? Um, how do you find the right people? So I I look for people that have the right values because I need to know that they're aligned with what we're doing and how important our patients are to us. So that's kind of my number one criteria. Do you have, uh, are you gonna put the needs of the patient first to basically, you know, quote the Mayo Clinic value? Uh, We put the needs of the patient first. Secondly, I wanna know that you are able to work effectively with an integrated team because it is all about the team here. It is not about an individual person. And the third thing, which you might find interesting, is it's really important to me that people are going to be comfortable speaking up. I I tell all our new hires that one of my favorite sayings is... uh, um, Leaders are guardians of the learning system, and leaders are responsible for ensuring the psychological safety on the team. And if people are not comfortable speaking up, then I feel that I would have failed as a leader. And we can only get great when everyone contributes, which means that people have to be willing to speak up. So I, I find those three things are, are my basic top three criteria when I'm looking to recruit.
0: That's wonderful, Mary. And it sounds, you know, just to bring it full circle, that you're basing these decisions on the work that you did before you even launched by putting in place an ethics and compliance program, you know, building out a code of ethical conduct, taking Vori's values, putting in that code of conduct, um, defining, you know, your other um, expectations, your ethical expectations, you know, through your policies, procedures, and you're looking for folks um, who mirror that. And as they do the day-to-day business, um, are asked to make ethical decisions
1: that's that's absolutely correct, Brad. And again, I think that at least for us, it was a great decision um, to do that work, the compliance work upfront, and really create that framework um, which we used uh, as the foundation of of building other aspects of the company.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Mary, for sharing this, you know fascinating and really informative, um, you know, conversation and and information. Um, I know you have a lot more to talk about, but that is all the time we have for today. Um, I'm looking forward to our next podcast. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for being here. I'm sure all of our listening audience would agree, uh, when I say that this was a very informative and fascinating conversation.
1: Thanks, Brad. I'm looking forward to our next discussion as well.
0: Thank you to our listening audience for tuning in today for another episode of Guideposts in Motion. I am Bradley Dizick, Senior Managing Director, Guidepost Solutions. And please join us again next week when we welcome back Mary O'Connor to talk about privacy challenges with utilizing work from home employees. And Mary will also share her compliance advice for those looking to launch their next startup. Until then, if you need assistance assessing your compliance program or building one from scratch just like Flory Health did. Please visit our website at guidepostsolutions.com